Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Lady, the Patriot is WWTC Minneapolis St. Paul FM 107.5 K298CO Minneapolis Intelligent Radio. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. The White House is making it clear that President Biden is supportive of Israel as it's coming under fire from the Hamas terrorist group. President Biden condemned the horrific assault and pledged America's unwavering support for Israel's security. The president, who has spoken with the Israeli prime minister, said the Jewish state has a right to defend itself and its people. And the White House National Security Council said there is never any justification for terrorism. As White House correspondent Greg Cluxton reporting, growing opposition among some Republicans for sending more aid to Ukraine. Congressman Mike Turner says that has a lot to do with the amount of money that was wasted under Democrat-crafted bills. When you talk about a $40 billion bill passed by the House and signed by Biden that sends $12 billion to Ukraine, you know there's a lot in it that doesn't, doesn't need to be in a package like that. This is SRN News. This week on the Michelle Tafoya podcast. Tiffany Justice of Moms for Liberty. Instead of the government system listening to the parents who are the stakeholders, they shut us down. They literally shut off our microphones. They changed citizen input at school board meetings. One of our own moms called by an FBI field office after having spoken at a school board meeting. You're making peanut butter and jelly in the morning and you have an FBI agent calling you about your speech. Stream the Michelle Tafoya podcast at Salem Podcast Network. Just past 1 o'clock from the Genovations Regen Weather Center and AM 1280, The Patriot. Hi, my name is Marshall, and for today, it looks like it'll be a beautiful day, partly sunny through the day, 52 the expected high. Tonight, mostly cloudy, 44 the overnight low, and tomorrow, partly sunny, a high of around 56. Very nice fall weather. Portions of the following program may have been pre-recorded. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's great to be back in Minnesota today. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now, here's your headline act, Mitch Berg. All right, good afternoon, everyone. Usually you'll be listening to Mitch Berg at this time, but you have the pleasure of spending the next two hours with us. Hello, I'm Kendall Qualls. And I'm Sheila Qualls. So allow us to introduce ourselves. We run a nonprofit called Take Charge. It's a foundation that promotes that the promise of America is available to everyone, regardless of race or social standing. Sheila and I have been married for 37 years. We've raised five children. And after serving as an Army officer in artillery for five years, I spent 30 years working for major uh, healthcare companies as an executive. 
you sound really stiff, honey. But anyway, that's right. We have been married for 37 years. And we, we met in high school. So I would love it if you tell the story how we met because you tell it really well. Well, I, I'm still kind of like shocked here <laughs> about that. You sound stiff. Um, yes, yeah, yes, we did meet in high school. I had a very good friend of mine that wanted to take Sheila to the prom, but um, he was rather shy and um, wanted me to ask for to take Sheila to the prom instead for in, in his stead. So he wanted me to ask for him to uh, for Sheila to go to the prom. And because he was a good friend, I went to Sheila. I said, "Look, uh, Sheila, Cedric wants to uh, take you to the prom. He's a very nice guy, you know. Um, he's well liked, and you know he likes you. And would you consider going to the prom with him?" I said, "No, thank you." Yes, she did. <laughs> and because Cedric was a really good friend, um, I went back and I made it a second a second attempt. I said, "Look, Sheila, you know Cedric's a great guy. He drives a Ford Mustang GT. You're going to go in style." And she said, no, <laughs> no, thank you. Yes, she said it politely. Well, at that point, I felt like I fulfilled my fiduciary responsibilities to Cedric. And I stepped to the side a little bit and stepped out of that role and said, well, Sheila, a little birdie told me that you're free for the prom. <laughs> and like the old radio show of days, uh, just like Paul Harvey used to say on the radio, now you know the rest of the story. <laughs> That's a great story, and you tell it way better than I do. Um, so before we had kids, I worked at a journalist at a small-town newspaper. Um, and then after we had kids, I decided to stay home and homeschool our kids. And we've had, what, like nine? Has it been nine? Nine or ten, yes. Relocations in 30 years. So anyway, um, why don't you tell how and why we started Take Charge? Yeah, you know, um we, I got involved in this uh, scenario about Take Charge as um, black conservatives. Um, this narrative about the country being systemically racist, that um, you know we're ir- irredeemable and anti-capitalism, and all that started, I just felt, you know, this is absolutely wrong. First of all, I started my life in uh, abject poverty. My parents divorced when I was uh, very young. My dad came back from Vietnam, so I lived part of my childhood first to fifth grade in Harlem, New York in the late 1960s and early 70s in the inner city where the crime was even worse than it is now. And then after fifth grade, my father came and got me and my younger brother, and we lived with him in the trailer park in Oklahoma. So I tell people this, look, I, I know what poverty tastes like. I know what the crime is like. But here's what I've learned over time. No matter where you start in life in this country, you don't have to stay there for the rest of your life, that there is a pathway out in, in the United States. And unfortunately, uh, they're shutting the door of that pathway, and also they're hiding the pathway for a lot of people and not letting them get a decent education from the start. Yeah, and so we started Take Charge because we wanted to give a voice to people like us. I mean, we are, uh, you know, there are a lot more of us than people realize, and we you know, want to let people know that uh, we are censored. We're shut down in the media. You you only hear from the loudmouths on the you know on the on TV and on the radio, and so we just wanted to you know let people know that there's there's a different narrative. Not, and here's the other part of this too, which is very important. Are there disparities in our country? Yes, there are absolute disparities, but the disparities are not because of any systemic racism issues. You know, Sheila and I both, our parents grew up in the Jim Crow South. I was probably one of the last generations to be bused in elementary school. 
We know what systemic racism is. We know what it's not. And what's causing the disparities we have today is, is basically what I call a, uh, just a, an epidemic uh, in our country, especially in the black community, is this rate of fatherless homes in our United States. When I was a kid, five years old, 80% of black families were two-parent families. Today, 80% are fatherless homes. It's been a complete reversal without one national initiative to reverse the trend. That's what's driving the disparities in our nation. Yeah, but, you know, people, that's not something people want to talk about. That's not what you hear in the news. That's not what you, you know, nobody talks about the fatherless homes. Well, because it's, there's been propaganda driven behind this, and we'll talk a lot, lot about this later on in the, in the show. There, there, is an, there is a organized um, censorship of the truth um, with our mainstream media. But no one wants to talk about the things that are just obvious, and we see it in the record crime rates in our cities and just the low academic performance, in, in, um, especially in our major cities across the country, especially here in the Twin Cities. Yeah, we've got a packed show today, and why don't you tell everyone what we're going to be talking about? Sure. So because of this, this new agenda that we have, this wokeism, if you will, um, we have now, because of this narrative of systemic racism, and how do we fix this, it, it is not. Um, Civil Rights 2.0, but because of this narrative, they're wanting to reduce and dilute the standards for law schools, medical schools. And we're going to talk to two, two black attorneys about their attempts today um, to reduce uh, academic standards for law school admissions as well as passing the bar. Yeah, and also um, I'm sure a lot of you probably saw that TikTok video that went viral a few weeks ago where the progressive woman is driving in her car, having a realization that she just can't find a progressive man with conservative values. I mean, go figure. (laughs) So we're going to be joined by a young, single conservative woman to talk about that. Yeah, that's going to be entertaining. And this this is just right off the press. Later in the talk show, we're going to talk about ESPN hiring uh, Ibram X. Kendi to do a show on ESPN about racism in sports. Go figure. Now, this is, again, if you understand the nuances here, ESPN is owned by Disney. So Woke Disney, which is uh, their stock price has been just hammered over the last several months, is continuing down this road of uh, wokeism and bringing someone that's probably the most controversial person when it comes to race in America who just been disgraced at Boston University, has just been hired at ESPN. We're going to talk about that as well. Yeah, and you know, I mean, I don't, even, I don't understand racism in sports. I mean, sports is probably the most, <laughs> you know, has the most highest percentage of of black people, almost probably in any other industry. Well, absolutely, because it's about meritocracy, and if it works in sports, it can work in other areas. So we'll talk about meritocracy and the and the assault on it um, across our country again using. Some of these people in our, uh, that's using DEI and CRT and everything. So we're going to be we're be, we're going to push back against the whole DEI and CRT and um, SEL, social immersional learning is what they what they're using in schools and public schools today, because it's destroying our country and people are just baffled as far as what the heck is going on. Yeah, so we say stuff that other people feel like they can't say, and I say they feel like they can't say because they absolutely can say it. I mean, this is America free speech and all that good stuff. But, you know, this is the time we live in. And so we're working to change that. 
And sure, and so I'm going to share an email that I, I got this morning. Um, and, um, I, you know, I took a hard stand on, the, on this issue. I'll share that later. Oh, you want me to share it now? Yeah, why don't you just read the letter? Yeah. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll read the letter that I received. But listen, I want you guys to know this. You know, the two of us on this radio show, trust we have volunteers from um, the black community in the Twin Cities and around the country helping us convey this message. So we're not in isolation. In fact, on a lot of these issues, the vast majority of black Americans are with us than against our views. Yeah, and this email that you're about to read, this is from this woman who absolutely stood up for what she believed in. Right. And um, she paid a price. Right. So so this person, um, I'm going to hide her name and where she works, but uh, thank you for your courage in speaking out against the racist and anti-American agenda of the woke left. As a white woman named Karen, no less, I would be ripped. That's really her name? That's her first name. Uh, yes. I would be ripped to shreds where I would to share uh, my thoughts publicly. However, I did speak up at a former employer where I was uh, as an advisor when the woke left policy started coming down on employees. I received a letter of reprimand warning me to stay silent, essentially, or further disciplinary action would be taken, i.e., basically, I would be fired. Instead of signing the letter of reprimand, I submitted a letter of re- uh, my letter of resignation. As a single mother, I was not in a position to be without income. I have I have a I have paid a, a dear price financially for it. However, signing the letter of reprimand would have meant selling my soul for a paycheck for an organization whose ideology disjoined this country I love. So, thank you for speaking up with a strong voice. God bless you in the United States of America. Yeah, this woman paid a, a a heavy, heavy price for speaking up. And I think so many people are not willing to do that today, but she really paid a heavy price. Um, you know, the CRT and the, you know, the, the DEI that Karen is talking about, that's not the DEI of what it used to be. We've always had diversity initiatives in companies, um, but that's not where we are today. No, th- this is not Civil Rights 2.0 at all. In fact, I, I, and here's what I suggest for people. They, they can't fire everyone. So I tell you, as more and more people stand up, I think we can, have, we can fight back against this and win our country back. Sheila, why don't you share the story about those kids in Pennsylvania? Oh, the, the 400 kids? I'm yes. not sure which school district it was. But, yeah, 400 kids walked out, if you haven't heard. Um, I believe it was last week uh, they walked out of school because they don't like the idea of gender-neutral bathrooms. And so they just said, we're not taking it anymore. And that's that's who needs to take the stand on the stuff that's going on in our schools. It has to be the kids. Uh, 150 kids walked out in Ham Lake last week. Yes. And so as it, as it relates to the issues of the day, um, as adults – you know, it's a sacrifice. The freedom is not free. Some points, uh, we like the like this young lady that uh, took a stand and not signing the uh, reprimand. You know, they couldn't fire twenty percent, thirty percent, or even forty percent of the accounting department, twenty-five or thirty percent of the sales force. If we start taking a stand for what's right and uh, getting back to the values that we believe in. Yeah, you know, she's a single mom. That's right. And she, you know. That's courage. Yeah, absolutely. Um, she took a big risk. Yes. And, uh, you know, at the, at the end of the day, uh, I just want to make sure that people understand that this initiative that's being driven down our throats is not a new civil rights movement. It is not Civil Rights 2.0. They're using the 
the political agenda of what's happened in the past few years after the George Floyd uh, death, they're using that to drive a political ideology masked as uh, diversity. It's a lie. And don't buy it. I know most people are not buying it. It doesn't, but they're not sure what to do. I want to just tell you what we, we are traveling around the country, traveling around the state, and explaining what, exactly what this is and what it's not. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, a lot of people are encouraged by what we say. Absolutely. Absolutely. More than 80 million Americans depend on AM radio monthly for connection. If you value this station, help ensure it stays in vehicles for the next generation by visiting dependonam.com. How does the baby move in your tummy? How does the baby eat? Can the baby hear me? How did the baby get in there? Wow, a pregnancy can sure generate a lot of questions. But what's important is that a baby is a baby inside and out of the womb. Not just after birth, but nine months before at conception. That's right. Every baby is a miracle. Hello, my name is Marianne Kuharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org or better yet, simply dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say the key word pro-life. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. The United States Constitution guarantees every American fundamental rights and protection of life, liberty, and property. Salem is celebrating our founding document with a special offer, a 1953 Omen U.S. Constitution lithograph. To understand the value of these lithographs is to know the story. A master lithographer immigrant named Theodore Omen came to this country to find the American dream. Seventy years ago, in 1953, Omen printed a limited number of these exceptional Constitution lithographs. Go to Salem Events Store to read Omen's entire story. America's most important document stands as a testament to all Americans to maintain their liberties, freedoms, and inalienable rights. Buy it and display it proudly. Buy a gift for your family and friends and for all the teachers in your communities. There is a limited number, so act today. Go to SalemEventsStore.com to get your exclusive 1953 Omen U.S. Constitution lithograph while supplies last. That's SalemEventsStore.com. I'm Scott from the History Unplugged podcast. History can be a bit of a tongue twister with its weird sounding names of people, places, and things, but it really isn't that confusing. History is the story of who we are and how we comport ourselves while soaring to victory in battles over forts, seaports, and cities that fortunately thwarted the schemes of villains and their blood sports, like the 1415 Battle of Agincourt. It's about legal battles in courts, about the contortion of torts over the retorts of consorts that turned into kangaroo courts. I exhort you to listen to History Unplugged on the podcast player of your choice, and you can listen to it while wearing shirts, shorts, skirts, skorts, or jean jorts. Hear the top voices in conservative radio on your Amazon smart speaker. Now streaming AM 1280 The Patriot. Intelligent radio. Just ask Alexa to play The Patriot Minneapolis. That's play The Patriot Minneapolis. Well, we're back. We're Kendall and Sheila Qualls sitting in for Mitch Bird. This is AM 1280 The Patriot. Yeah, in this hour, we're actually going to be joined by two black attorneys who actually took the bar um, 
before they altered it, before they started lowering the standards. Yeah, in fact, let, and passed. Yes, and passed. Um, let me um, let me let me read some some of the things that's happening because again, this woke agenda of critical race theory, DEI, what they're doing in law schools and as well as in medical schools, um, and we're we're going to be addressing that at our organization, take charge, um, and countering that narrative. It's actually insulting to and, all the people who have taken it and done it already. Not every, just also. Thousands, if not tens of thousands, of Black Americans have passed it and passed it in the past, passed those exams, and met those certifications. So th- this is a letter from 150 law school deans that have all signed this letter, um, basically acknowledging anti-racism training that's needed in law schools. So I'm going to read just a, I'm just going to read just a part part of this part of this. Preparing law preparing law students to to be lawyers requires that they should be educated with respect to bias, cultural awareness, anti-racism. Such skills are essential to be a part of the professional competence and legal practice of being a lawyer. We believe that every law school should develop such training and education. Well, in addition to this type of anti-racism DEI training that they're going to have in law schools, one state, Delaware, have have passed um, have passed their, their state uh, I guess requirements for for lawyers and lowering the passing score for the state bar exam and let's see so there's a 200 multiple choice question exam that would be offered twice a year instead of once a year so if you fail at one time you normally have to wait another year but now you can do it twice a year but they lowered the the actual sc- uh, passing score. From 145 to 143, according to an outlet by WHYY. The number of essays on the exam will be decreased from 8 to 4, and the number of essay topics will be reduced from 14 to 10. Now, the clerkship requirements is also going to be lowered. The clerkship is you know, probably a, uh, is equivalent or maybe analogous to what doctors have to go through for residency training, medical school students for residency. So clerkship requirements is also being lowered from 21 weeks to 12 weeks. And the mandatory list of 25 legal proceedings that potential lawyers must attend has been shortened to 18 out of 30 possible items. So let let me just kind of put this in perspective. The Civil Rights Act was passed in 1968. You know, most of those laws were passed. Since then, there's been no restrictive uh, laws keeping black Americans out of colleges, keeping them from, um, from, in, from opportunities. And, then we, and we say this all the time. Are there racist people in this country? Absolutely. Is the country systemically racist as it was before? Absolutely not. My parents have loved to have grown up in the America that I grew up in. Now, what it requires is uh, training, it requires studying, it requires preparation, and that is the critical component that's missing from this. And what they're trying to explain is the disparities that we have in the number of lawyers in our country is because of systemic racism. They're not looking at the, the basically the pipeline problem that we have in this country is that when you have 
80% of kids being born out of wedlock, fatherless homes in major cities across the country, 50% of them don't graduate from high school, you're going to have um, a disparative number of kids that are not going to go to college and obviously law school. They don't want to address that problem because they initiated that problem back in the 60s with a social welfare program that just literally just killed the American black family. You know, these are the kind of people that absolutely kill me. I'm on this website called Above the Law, and uh, this was written a couple of years ago, and this guy, Joe Patrice, says uh, the headline is, No Dummies, It's Not Racist to Say Lowering the California Bar Exam Cut Score Will Improve Diversity. Um, and this guy basically is saying, uh, you know, they talked about lowering the standards, and he says, you might expect this kicked off ruckus on social media, and it's an almost instant, an almost constant stream of increasingly dumb commentary. Most of these messages are from white people with words like patriot in their bios, who are always um, among the swiftest to point out why inclusion is the real racism, which it actually is. And then right on schedule, the libertarians show up to make a glib remark founded in an irresponsible mischaracterization. And he's got some uh, Twitter, some tweets on here. Um, But while most of the commentary comes from disingenuous conservatives, there are tragically a few comments of dismay about minority from minority observers. You know, I I don't I don't understand um, why understanding anti-racism is going to help you be a better attorney. Well, it's not. It's going to help you be a, a, um, anti-American, and they know it. It's, it's a hidden agenda. It's a Trojan horse. This is not a civil rights 2.0. This is a Marxist agenda to undermine our country. This is the biggest facade we've had in our country. It's, it's really an attack on really who we are as a nation. Keep in mind, there have been black Americans been passing the bar exams in the, most, in the toughest states, California and New York, for decades. For decades, and we're going to have a couple of them on our show in just a few minutes. This, this is a woke agenda. They don't. They want to hide the fact that their their social program. Again, I'm going to say this out loud because it sounds amoral when you hear it. But for the first time in American history, the federal government financially incentivized women to have children outside of the institution of marriage. That was the first time in the 19, in the 1960s. And what you see happen afterwards is a huge spike of out-of-wedlock out births in the black communities. And what was so insidious about this, they had a head count to go around and to inspect to make sure mm. that no adult male was living in the home. Mm. Wow. You know what? Um, I don't understand why uh, some white liberals can't understand how lowering the bar and lowering all these standards is racist. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, again, they understand it. They don't. Want, they don't want to admit it is a constant. They don't want, if it was, if it wasn't an issue of you know diversity and everything else, why are they only? I mean, why is there only Black Americans? Why? Why not? You know, Indian Americans, Chinese Americans. It is the reason is is that because they don't have the huge disparities of fatherless homes in Black communities. Yeah, and you know. You know, I would just love to sit down and talk to a group of white liberals and, you know, just ask them, you know, what about this is not racist? <laughs> I mean, they're they're actually um, doing exactly what they say they're fighting against. Yeah, not, not only that, I, you know, what, what message does that send 
to other to the black community that because you can't make it, we're going to lower the standards for you. That's insane. It's it's, it's insulting. It's it's insulting. But but not only that, it's who who's going to question if you have to hire an attorney? You know, it's gonna it's gonna make you talk about being racist and 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 judging people by the color of their skin and not judging them by the color of their skin. This is going to cause that judgment of color because you don't you don't want an attorney or a doctor or has, a pilot <laughs> or or anyone that has come in under a lower standard of training and expectation. Yeah. Um, well, you know what? Um, after this uh, next break, we're going to be coming back with Coffee Monska. I love coffee. She has lots of good stuff to say. And, um, um, I, I, you know, <laughs> I can't wait to hear her perspective on this. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I know she, she's pretty vocal, and it's, and it's going to be fun and entertaining. Guys, we, we have people that um, are part of our volunteer network at Take Charge. We have former gangbangers. We have former corporate attorneys and everything in between, professionals. We have uh, a, a new uh, former uh, Minnesota Viking who's played played on the 1990s team. I think they were 14 and 1. Um, and everyone in between. Because, and, and none of these volunteers are compensated to come forward. They're taking you know, a risk because they're coming out of their private lives to go public to actually convey that they don't want this agenda. And it's been, and our, mis- our mission and our message is spreading across the country. Yeah, and, you know, if you haven't um, watched our documentary, Victor, I would suggest uh, going and watching that because if you've never heard this perspective from black people before, it might be, you know, eye-opening for you. Um, where can they find that? Yeah, they can actually find it two places. One on IamAVictor.com, IamAVictor.com, or they can go to the TakeChargeMN.com website and find it there. Um, Isn't it on the the Salem platform? It's also on the Salem Now. You know, what a nice plug. (laughs) The Salem Now uh, uh, platform, their streaming streaming live platform. uh, What what an honor because we're right next to Clarence Thomas and his documentary. So we're going to be right back in just a few minutes with Coffee Mosca. Be sure to join us and hear from her about her views on this issue, about lowering standards for attorneys. Yeah, and Coffee is a take charge volunteer. I cover up because of my moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Now I'm hitting the road with clearer skin thanks to Sky Rizzy, Rizemkism of Rizza, a prescription only 150 milligram injection for adults who are candidates for systemic or phototherapy. With Sky Rizzy, three out of four people achieved 90% clearer skin at four months. And Sky Rizzy is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Don't use if allergic to Skyrizzy. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms, such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. Thanks to Skyrizzy, there's nothing on my skin, and that means everything. 
your doctor today about SkyRizzy, the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis. And visit SkyRizzy.com or call 1-866-SKYRizzy to learn more. This is Dennis Prager. Now you can listen to my show when it's convenient for you and without censorship from big tech, become a member of the ultimate online community for all things Prager. It's PragerTopia Unlimited. Listen to the show on demand when it's easiest for you. This includes every radio show, every segment, and every guest over the last 10 years, and it's commercial-free. You can even share your favorite segments with your friends. Plus, you'll get the same email from Alan Estrin that I receive every night about the most important issues to read about. Pregatopia Unlimited members can also listen to every program, lecture, and course that is in the Prager store. Thousands of hours. You can even listen to all my Torah teachings for free. Share my passion for free speech. Join today and save 25% off the first year and get a free Pregatopia coffee mug. It's all things Prager. Pregatopia Unlimited. Go to Pregatopia or click the banner at DennisPrager.com. The vast majority of women who come to Robbinsdale Women's Center feel overwhelmed, hopeless, and think abortion is their only way out of an unplanned or unwanted pregnancy. Hi, I'm Victoria, one of the patient advocates at Robbinsdale Women's Center. We provide information in a compassionate and non-judgmental way. We are a woman's best initial step as she processes her pregnancy options. Through counseling and ultrasound, many of these women realize that abortion is not their only option. For the moms and dads that choose life, Robbinsdale Women's Center provides parenting programs to help prepare them. On average, five women each week that are initially considering or being coerced to choose abortion instead choose life. This work is very challenging, but the rewards are life-changing. Your donations to RWC will help make more miraculous life decisions possible. Visit rwcinfo.org to donate. That's rwcinfo.org. All right, welcome back. You're here with Kendall and Sheila Qualls sitting in for Mitch Berg on a Northern Alliance radio, AM 1280. We're being joined by Coffee Monska, who is an attorney a black attorney who took the bar before they lowered the standards. Welcome, Coffee. Hi, thank you. Well, Coffee, thanks for joining us. W- won't you just give um, the audience a little bit about uh, your background? Um, I went to, um, I'm from Washington State. I went to college in Washington State, just a state school, Western Washington University, where I got my degree in law and diversity. And then I went on to law school at at Hamlin. Um, and then after that, I took the bar exam in Washington State and in Minnesota at this exact same time. So I took it in Minnesota. And then two days later, I flew to Washington State and took the, the bar exam there. So I was licensed in two states at the same time. Wow, that's, that's pretty impressive. That's, that is impressive. Nice, nice job. Yeah. What, what year? Are you, can you convey what, what year you took the bar? I took the bar exam in 2000. Okay. And obviously, at that time, it was the, the the standards for everyone. At that time, it wasn't, you know, a lowered or diluted um, set of um, standards. So, coffee when Correct. you heard when you heard about this change, I mean, just tell me what went through your mind when you heard they were lowering the standards to pass the bar. Well, um, I just thought the everyone knows that they're lowering the standard because they think people of color are dumb. There's if you Google it, there's many articles on it. 
um, because we can't pass it, so they need to lower the standards. At first, they just used to lower the standards for us, but that's so obviously racist. Now they're lowering the standards for everyone, but the reason they're doing it is because they think we can't pass. And so it makes us look it makes us look really, really stupid. And as Frederick Douglass, he has a quote that I love. I'm always quoting him, but white people do things for us that they would die before having done for them. White people would not like it if people said they were intellectually inferior and needed the standards lowered for them. And the problem is that they're they're lowering the standards to get into college with affirmative action, lowering the standards to get into law school with affirmative action, and then shocked that people of color can't pass the bar exam at the same rate. It's it's infuriating. We don't need the standards lower. We need to do a better job educating kids when they're younger so that they can pass and in inner cities and all of that with our kids, instead of lowering the standards for them later on in life, we need to focus on the two-parent family because with the two-parent family, there's just a greater chance of academic success for kids. And, and that's for kids of all colors. So instead of lowering the bar, which is an easy, quick fix, we need to do the hard, the hard work, which will actually help, help kids succeed. And number two, I just do not think it's good for the profession to lower the bar. There's enough problems with confidence in the legal profession right now. And if you lower the bar to be admitted, there's going to be less qualified lawyers overall. And even if there's no correlation between passing the bar and being a good lawyer, it's the perception that everyone knows yeah. that the standard was lowered for you. And so I think it's I think it's terrible. I think as a criminal defendant, someone who has a business with millions of dollars on the line, someone whose child custody is at stake, you want to know that your lawyer was competent and you don't care about the color of their skin. <laughs> That's absolutely true. I don't understand why, why people can't get that. <laughs> and, and, and I, I, I can, I can hear the indignation in your voice and, and, and rightly so, but you know, you, you've mentioned something about, you know, tackling the, the, the true problem, the root of the problem. Why don't, why do you think there's every, it seems like we'll do everything we can to avoid talking about that subject or trying to address that subject. Um, we're going to we're going to harm institu trusted institutions in our country rather than address the K through 12 problem and the family problem. Why do you think that is? Well, I just think that white people feel unnecessarily incredibly guilty and they'll do anything to make that go away. And so these quick fixes make them feel incredibly good about themselves, even though they're completely illogical. And, and even though they make black people look terrible, so they get to feel good about their white guilt. And then we look terrible in the end. We look incredibly stupid. Well, I don't, I don't believe that's all white people believe, you know, support the, those policies. I mean, you know, like you, you, you've got to be um, a progressive. Um, I agree. I agree. And I think that there are some, uh, surprisingly, there are a lot of black people and people of color who support lowering the bar exam also. Uh, but I, I got to believe that there is a, a large percentage in the black community that would disagree. I mean, they would see the implication of this and what it, what it conveys to the general public. Um, there's got to be an even, even split. I, I, have you talked with other other colleagues of yours that are black that are in the profession and what what's what's their general sense well i mean the people who are my friends have the same general sense that i do but of course i know other people who think they're doing us a favor by by lowering the standard for us i don't understand this white guilt um we probably should have tried to find somebody to talk about that you know um i just think that 
I don't I don't understand it. Do you have any idea as to what goes into that coffee? What what's the thinking behind that? Mm, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just that people think they are responsible for other people's actions. First of all, they don't even know if their ancestors did, whether they were part of the people who helped to free slaves or enslave them. And to feel like you're responsible for someone else's actions when you're not. So, I mean, maybe that's part of it. I have no idea, but it's a, it's a way to like make yourself superficially feel good about yourself without actually doing anything substantive to solve the problem. And it, it's embarrassing for them, those types of people. It is embarrassing. And to your point, you know, it's, it's, it's not like we don't have um, clowns that are in the profession today. I can imagine how, how, how much you know, worse it would get from um, the professionalism standpoint. Um, by lowering these standards even more. Uh, so, you know, the, the same issue is happening now in, in the medical profession, and you know, we plan on speaking to doctors and in in, not in this particular uh, segment today, but um, as we move forward um, and get to get their take on this as well. You know, um, I, I think probably, you know, before employing an attorney in the future, is this legal coffee to say, what did you score on the bar? <laughs> Well, I mean, people could ask that if they wanted to. Mm -hmm. I mean, but usually just knowing, because there's been a reputation that the bar exam is very hard to pass, then just passing it alone, people assume that the lawyer has a certain level of competence. Right. Right. Well, this is, like I said, this is tragic because, again, it doesn't get to the root problem. And and to your point, it, it is virtual signaling at its worst. Yeah. Yeah, and I just feel go ahead. Just say, you know, what what is this saying to kids like who are coming up and who want to go to law school? I mean, what kind of message are we sending them? I don't know. I just know that as a black kid who went to law school at like 23 and I didn't know affirmative action was pretty hot back then. I didn't know if I got in because of affirmative action or because I really I was really competent. So I had this like psychological inferiority complex. And I even read about this in psychology today that some people have this, black people have this from affirmative action. And so I didn't know why I got in. So I was so excited to take the bar exam and even more excited to take two to prove to myself and others that I was as competent as my peers and that I was worthy of someone paying $500 an hour for my time. There was no way for me to do that as, um, Glenn Lowry says there's no substitute for the objective demonstration of competency. And I just, you know, there's no way to be in the respect of others and more importantly yourself if you can't objectively prove your competency. It's like when you get a handicap in basketball. That's one thing. But to get a handicap because of your intellect, that is the worst insult of all. And so it really hurts Black people because you don't know, you don't know if you're competent. And the other thing is, is you might pass the bar exam, but how did people, it doesn't mean you're going to get hired by a law firm or that people will choose you as their attorney. Because even though, because there's this, um, there will be a message out there that the bar was lowered for us. And so we're not as bright. So how will we prove it? And you might think I'm worried about discrimination from dis- Republicans or white supremacists or good old fashioned racists, but I'm more worried about discrimination from progressives, the people who thought I was so dumb that I needed affirmative action and that I needed the bar exam lowered for me. Why would they pay $500 an hour for my time? They won't. And they, and they won't. Um, and, and, and basically you'll see it in hiring practices um, because of their clients. 
Um, and then we'll then we'll be crying discrimination. And is it discrimination right. or is it fact that the bar was lowered and that some progressives told the whole world we were stupid? We won't know. We won't know which one it is. Right. Right. You know, I think the most insulting part of this, I mean, when you talk about, um, you know, you've been public about your upbringing and the challenges that you had to overcome in order to go to college and do all the things that you've done. And you were able to overcome those things. And it's just, and it's no different. I, I say this is no different than, you know, professional athletes that spend the time and effort to get to the level of competitiveness for that so they can play at the collegiate level, so they can play at the, you know, at the professional level. It is no different than the same thing as far as academic achievement and academic preparation for whatever, whatever profession you want to go to, either it's legal, medical, pilot training, or even the trades. Um, whatever profession you want to get into it's the time and effort you put into it i mean what do you say to that yeah no it's the same thing do we say oh we need more white nfl players and so we let them in even though they're not as good as the black ones the game would be less interesting people wouldn't watch the profession would be completely ruined because of that and i do and i do think that you know in the old days, there was a message that even if there's racism, I have faced racism in my life. I've faced poverty. My mom was a drug addict. You know, even if you have all of those things, you can still achieve and you can still you can still make it. And I read some article about the bar exam being lower and they were like, oh, that's because black people can't afford the bar prep courses and we can't afford to take time off work. And they said that they even said this, that that black people are more likely to be, or people of color are more likely to be supporting family members who've lost a job. Like white people don't lose jobs. Yeah, you know, wow. it's, it's, they make us look so poor and pathetic. And I, you know, one thing they don't tell you is all people who are going to take the bar exam can get a bar loan, which covers the bar exam fee, bar exam prep, and your living expenses while you're studying for the bar. I got that loan at the time. I had no parent helping me. I had nothing. I was poor. Any dime I had belonged to me and I earned it the little bit I had and I was able to do it. And so I'm so sick of this message that we're so poor and pathetic and any black person who would buy into this and, and kind of concede to it. I do not, I do not, I do not understand it. So yes, we can achieve even if we are, even if we come from a lowly background, we can still do it. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. We've enjoyed your insight and your input and we are going to have to go to a break. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Join the Patriot Freedom Fan Club for prizes, contests, quizzes, and more. Plus, get exclusive access to pre-sale tickets to events. It's free to join, so visit am1280thepatriot.com today. Raising a family can be tough, but sometimes you just gotta laugh. Teenagers. But I believe, personally, teenagers are God's revenge on mankind. In order to provide some levity in the midst of life's chaos... AM980 The Mission is hosting comedian Jeff Allen on November 16th at Celebration Church in Lakeville. One day God was looking down over his creation and just said, let's see how they like it to create someone of their own image who denies their existence. Jeff's stories are hysterical and his testimony is deeply inspiring. Don't miss your chance to see Jeff in person. I have read the Bible more than once, cover to cover, and it never says how old the devil was when he rejected God's authority. My guess, 16. Visit am980themission.com to buy general admission, gold circle, or VIP meet and greet tickets. 
buy today and save up to $10 per ticket. Double got his driver's license and drove to Georgia. That's all I know. The Patriot is proud to air the Pledge of Allegiance every weekday morning. If you're a veteran, current service member, or a first responder, we would like to honor your service by having you recite the pledge. If you're interested, please call us today and we'll book a time for you to visit our studios. The number is 651-289-4410. That's 651-289-4410. Then join us for the pledge each weekday morning at 730. Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time to do something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. 800-884-9018. 800-884-9018. That's 800-884-9018. If you can snap your fingers, you can find this radio station. The next time you want to listen to us, your smartphone is now your smart radio. We're always on. It's as simple as this. Alexa, play the Patriot Minneapolis. That's play the Patriot Minneapolis. We're back. It's Kendall and Sheila Cole sitting in for Mitch Berg, who happens to be in Norway right now. And this is AM 1280, the Northern Lines Radio. Before we go back uh, to our topic, um, we want to make sure that uh, we say a prayer for our friends in Israel. As you may not know, they're under an aggressive attack by Hamas at this point. These are not just rocket fires going on or rockets that they routinely would throw out. This is a full-fledged attack. Benjamin Netanyahu, their prime minister, basically announced uh, to their citizens that we are at war. Now, Sheila and I just visited Israel this past May. Our our texts, uh, our phones uh, were going off early this morning, about 3, 4 o'clock this morning from our friends there, um, saying that um, this is the deliberate, we, we have an, an, an intrusion into the country um, from Hamas um, aggressors and from attacks and terrorists. So uh, our prayers go out. If you would, please um, pray for our friends in Israel, pray for the country. And um, we just let them let them know that we lift them up in our prayers. Yeah, it just makes it a lot more personal when you're just not listening to it on the news. You actually know people who are directly impacted by it. So it just it just um, um, just makes it a lot more personal. Right. Well, we are going to be joined now by Alfreda Baldwin, um, who is another black attorney who also passed the bar um, <laughs> before they changed the standards. Welcome, Alfreda. Good afternoon. Alfreda, Hello? Is, yes, we're here. Thank, thank you for joining us. So, Alfreda, we'll, please um, share with the audience your, your, just briefly your background. Sure. Um, so I have a Bachelor of Arts in Political Science from Knox College. Um, I have my law degree from DePaul University, and uh, I passed the bar when there were, was barely electricity way back in 1981. <laughs> 
that that that's you know hyperbole. <laughs> yes, yes. But I mean, it's it's a long time ago, and um, I I just realized this week that the bar is racist, and I guess I shouldn't have been able to pass. I I, I was stunned by it because I. Wow. Like I said, I passed it way back in 1981. Well, I have a question for you. What, what, what do you think about all of those people, those attorneys that happened to be black, that were in segregated schools when, when in the 30s and 40s and 50s when things were much worse than they are now, were able to go to law school, they were passing the bar, and they were practicing, um, practicing attorneys in this country despite the adversities they had? I mean, what would, you, what would right. you think they would think now? Oh, I think, you know, the ones that are dead are rolling in their graves, and um, the ones that are alive just have to be scratching their heads. Um, there, there was a time in this country where it was culturally acceptable to be racist. Um, even when I went into law school, I, I knew that I could face discrimination. But it didn't stop me. It didn't make me think there's no there's no chance. And I'm thinking the people who came before me, this mindset of we can't do this because of racism or or whatever reasons they've come up with, th- that never crossed their minds. Yeah. And our... We used to know how to persevere. And that's what they're depriving people of with this with this rhetoric and these plans they have to lower the standards. Yeah, that, that's absolutely right, Alfreda. I agree with you 100%. You know, we were talking earlier in the week, and, and you made that comment that you didn't know the bar was racist. <laughs> but you, <laughs> right. you also made a comment about, was it one of your professors, an advisor? Yeah, so in high school, I had a, um, a counselor, and I went and said, you know, I want to be a teacher. And she said, no, you go to law school. Well, she was a black woman. And I'm thinking, why would she have said that if she had believed it was such a difficult, high, you know, road to climb because of racism. People didn't think that way back in the day. I mean, you you knew that there there were were people who who didn't like you because of the way you looked, but it wasn't something you carried around with you like a ten ton sack that just tied your hands, and you weren't sitting around waiting for white people to do anything for you. You, you know- knew that you could do it yourself. I actually remember my parents telling me growing up, you know what, you need to work harder, you know, you mm-hmm. need to be smarter, um, you know, you need to score better, you know, it's kind of like jump higher, run faster, you know, you need right. to do all these things better so that there was, there is no doubt about your qualifications. That's exactly right. And I, I actually ran across a, um, a quote in Booker T. Washington's book, Up From Slavery, where he talks about, he, he at one time he had looked at, at white youth and had wished his road had been as easy as theirs appeared to be. But then he said he came to realize that having to work harder and, and just struggle more gave him strength and confidence that people who had it easy didn't get. Yeah. And so, you know, again, I think that's what they're depriving black people of is the opportunity to feel this tremendous sense of satisfaction. I did this. Yeah. I, I knew I could, and I did it. Yeah, yeah. You, you know what frustrates me more is that we the people that are of our same race, and they 
they go along with this. They go along mm-hmm. with this narrative and basically says that, you know what, poor you, you're not smart enough to pass it, that the, that the institution is racist, that the bar is racist. Like, how did all these other people do it, number one? And number two, they know they're lying because this issue has nothing to do with race. This issue has a lot to do with K through 12 and within the, in the crisis we have in our culture with this fatherless home issue. Oh, I, I agree completely. I mean, I, I have said for a long time, if, uh, if a young black person is listening to another black person say, the system is racist, you can't do this, you can't do that, and the person telling them that is living in some safe neighborhood with a good job, they ought to say to them, wait a minute, what about you? You need to tell me how you did it. Don't tell me how I can't. Tell me how you did it. And to your point about education, that's to me, that's the real problem. That's the elephant in the room. If you look at black proficiency rates in reading and math, and if you go back even 20, 30 years ago, where's the pool of talent going to come from when you've got so many students in these failing schools who are not being adequately educated? Well, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. You know, as we close up this hour, we want um, all of our listeners to go. If you want to find out more about what we're what we're promoting, you can go to TakeChargeMN.com. We have the largest video library of black Americans that denounce critical race theory, denounce Black Lives Matter, and call for a need to get back to faith, family, and education. Go to those videos, share them with family and friends. Thanks for joining us, Alfreda. We appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. Guys, we'll be back at the top of the hour. Music in my head. Crazy music playing in the morning light. Oh. Dr. Gorka here, and I want to talk to you for a minute about the 100% drug-free relief factor. We all deal with aches and pains in our day-to-day lives, and I have had my fair share, including injuries like a detached quad muscle that, I can tell you, fell into the category of really bad pain. But I've been able to manage the pain by taking Relief Factor. It helps your own body to attack and fight off sources of inflammation, the source of most of our aches and pains, and I've loved it for years now. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it worked for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick starter pack for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. Tune in to this week's Money Matters with Al and Mike as they'll be discussing an often overlooked piece of the puzzle, asset location. Making certain your investments and portfolio strategies are in the right accounts means more money in your pocket and your accounts. Al and Mike will tell you how to put the pieces to your puzzle together with solutions and strategies. Make sure you tune in to Money Matters with Al and Mike, noon Saturday on AM 1280 The Patriot, or you can call them right now at 855 231 6010. 
Hi, this is Amy, and I chose Brain Balance for my son, Charlie, because there were just some things that weren't right with him. He was a good kid, but he struggled with reading. He couldn't catch and throw a ball. He had anger issues. What drew me to Brain Balance was that they weren't going to medicate my child. Since we started Brain Balance, Charlie can now read chapter books. He plays football. He communicates with us. Someone asked me the other day if I had a magic potion for Charlie. My answer was yes, Brain Balance. You know your child better than anyone, but if they struggle with focus, anxiety, or other developmental and learning challenges, you know how frustrating it can be to find the help they need. That's why more parents know Brain Balance and the difference it's made for their kids. It's the all-natural, whole-child approach that's getting results. Parents know their kids best, and with Brain Balance, they know results. The brain can change, and so can your child's performance. Backed by Harvard and Cambridge Brain Science Studies, Call and schedule an assessment for your child today. I've got a math question for you. When you add tolerance, subtract prejudice, and multiply efforts to treat one another with respect, what do you get? Less division. And school sports have it down to a science. Looking for an example of what can happen when we realize there's more that unites us than divides us? Look no further than high school sports in Minnesota. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association.